Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. This podcast is a Royfield Brown production. Find others on iTunes. All right. Yeah, I know. Hi, it's Becky Wright here, otherwise known as the late Nick Grundy. As you'll know, Nick died of sepsis back in February, and as many of you are also aware, I'm walking 50k with Sarah Worker, a midwife from King's College Hospital, for the UK Sepsis Trust on the 8th of September. I am so fortunate that my encounter with sepsis was in a radio drama because for tens of thousands of people, it's very, very real. Over 44,000 lives are lost each year to sepsis. Please help us raise awareness. You can sponsor us at www.justgiving.com forward slash fundraising forward slash Becky's Walk for Sepsis. You can also Google Becky's Walk for Sepsis and find us. We'd really, really appreciate your support. Let's keep Nick's death a work of fiction. That was epic. How the hell did I forget how epic that was? Well done, Dan John the Seventh, and I believe that must have been your kids, sir. Anyway, folks, this is Dumdy Dum, the show about the reality ducky drama that has centered an Amridge in the heart of the Middle East. I am this slinky Nike running gear that is Royfield Brown, and with me I have the pair of sweaty nylon hot pants that is Lucy Freeman. And the last part of Jazz's fitness kick, folks, is you. Now, this week's Dumdy Dum, as I said before, is from Dan John the Seventh. Well done. Kitty Winkles. Um, Luce, if somebody wants yes. to send us in a Dumpty Dum, how the devil can they do that? If you would like to sing us a Dumpty Dum, leave us a plot prediction or address your traumatised child's delinquent behaviour with a hopping race rather than intensive therapy, call us on 0203-0313105 or leave us a message on SpeakPipe. Thank you. To Robert for keeping Royfield seat warm. Cosmo for his podcast roundups and for the Dumpty Dogs, Shambridge for her voices, Mike Hatton for his character counts, and to Derek for the Lone of the Back Bedroom. Um, Derek is also working towards the half marathon, um, like Alistair and Jazza, but he has a groin strain, which is odd, as he's only a traffic marshal. Yay. <laughs> uh, Luce. Mm-hmm. Uh, before we go on with the show, right, uh, we need to excite or at least educate or inform even our listeners all about the Dumpty Dum weekend, don't we? Yes, well, I made an absolute bot of it last week when I tried to do it, so I think you should no, have you a go. Didn't. <laughs> no, you did 
played it. I thought you did a very good job. You know, if I wasn't actually already going and organised it, I'd have got my credit card out and I'd have been <laughs> signing up. I'm telling you. Telling now, you folks. Thought, you have bought yourself a ticket. But anyway. <laughs> <laughs> now, folks, um, you're probably aware that there is a Dum De Dum live event happening in Birmingham on October the 7th. That's a Sunday. And you can get your tickets uh, quite simple. Just Google Dum De Dum Live Birmingham and it comes up on Google. It's the first thing. You click on that link. You buy tickets. There are tenor. A tenor to see myself, Juicy Loose, Kerry Davis, um, Emerald, who plays uh, Emma Grundy, and Charlotte Martin, who plays uh, Susan Carter. So we're all going to be there doing a dum-de-dum in front of you all. And that's going to be awesome. But because it's in Birmingham, I had the idea of putting on a whole sequence of events, Lucy, I did, uh, starting on Saturday you can uh, you can uh, basically go along and have a tour at one o'clock at the BBC Mailbox Studios and visit the Archery Studios. Then there's going to be a dinner at the Cozy Club at six o'clock. And then we're all going to retire. Well, we're not going to retire. We're all going to hit the <laughs> dance floor. Well, there's, a, there's, a, there's a lot of old biddies coming to these things. There will be a lot of retiring. Oh, come on. I'm one, two. I'm one, two. You know, I'm 50 this year, for God's sake. Anyway, uh, then we're going to hit the dance floor. No, this year, unfortunately. Oh. Yeah, can't live fast and die young anymore. Now, if I just die, it's like kind of age appropriate now at my age. (laughs) Anyway, (laughs) anyway, um, and we're going to go to the Reflex Nightclub, which is on Broad Street, when they do lots of 70s and 80s hits and stuff. Then uh, I've got discounted hotel rooms at the Hallmark Straff Hallen Hotel, hotel, so to speak, uh, which is rather nice. And then we have bed and breakfast. There's a canal walk at 12 o'clock on the Sunday. And then, of course, there is the Dum Dum Live, which is at 3 o'clock. Now, these tickets have been going like hotcakes. And I know many Dum Dum listeners who are actually coming along are like, well, Royfield, I live in Birmingham. I don't need a hotel room. It's quite simple, Luce. Right. All you do is you go into dumdydum.com and you can just buy the individual elements that you want. So if you just want to come along for the dinner and maybe do the BBC tour, you can do that. If you want the hotel rooms, you can just do that. You don't have to have the whole package. It's awesome. So you go onto dumdydum.com, folks, and it's on the homepage. It's the Dumdydum weekend. It's Saturday, the 6th of October to the 7th. Just have the elements that you want. If you just want to come up on the Sunday and just maybe just do the canal walk and lunch and then go to Dum Dum, you can do that. If you want to, you know, join in with everybody on the Saturday, you can do that too. Lots of fun will be had in Birmingham. Right. So that's that. Plug over. <sighs> what na- What's next now, Lucy? Um, you have to tell people who is calling in. We've got Bernie and Bly Spirit. Good. Now. <laughs> before Bernie and Bly Spirit tell us all about uh, their feelings on last week's going on in Ambridge. It's Lucy V. Freeman and a week in Ambridge. Oh, shit. I've done this again, haven't I? I get so caught up in it and I forget to do this. I have to say, as a warm-up, Roy, hearing you go, oh, shit, isn't great. But anyway, there we go. We began, <laughs> we began the week with people either not entirely sure what they'd done with their children or wishing they'd never had them. Jennifer sympathised with Helen over Helen's desire to reacquaint the appalling Henry with his primary school. Oh, I 
remember that feeling very well, she said. Remembering where you've put your child, then loading it into a blazer or something and waving it off to wherever it was going. Where is Henry, by the way, and that other one? No idea, said Helen vaguely. Oh, look, is that Jack in the car chewing through the brake cable? Nothing weird about those kids. No, nothing at all. Lily cornered Elizabeth in the kitchen and was banging on about how wonderful Russ is. Ever since he saw the very valuable painting I've got, Mum, it was like nothing else mattered to him other than how he could get close to it. Me. (laughs) (coughs) Excuse me. Natasha, there's lovely look you, has pointed out that Bridge Farm is all over the place like a centipede in a skating rink. Helen couldn't understand that apparently Natasha felt that the cheese-making, hobby-herd, veg boxes, kefir, cooking courses, guinea pig breeding and arms trading lacked something <laughs> coherent, like a strategy. What we need, said Tom excitedly, is for me to write another marketing plan and for a load of people in Nuffield to have a look at my plan. He does realise they're going to piss themselves laughing and post it all on Twitter, doesn't he? Confidential my ass. Anyway, he trotted round to Adam to show him how Natasha, look you, there's lovely, had said mean things about Bridge Farm. And Adam said, what you need to establish, Tom, is what you are. What are you at heart? Um, I'm a bit of a twat, I think, said Tom humbly, <laughs> and a nation cheered. <laughs> Les Sœurs Idiots, Shula and Elizabeth, went and sat in the Gay Grable's sauna to commiserate with each other. It's not really a sauna, it's the Gay Grable's laundry cupboard. Krusty just flips open the overflow. Anyway, they had a lovely moan about how rubbish their lives were. Both my children are going down for entirely different reasons, said Elizabeth miserably. Well, Alistair's bought some new trainers, said Shula. The bastard. Classic midlife crisis, and I should know, she said, adjusting her leather trousers. The idea for the Gay Grable's outing came courtesy of Pat, which is bizarre because Pat's idea of fun is filing her porridge oats in size order. She was busy recovering from lunch with her neo-fascist mother-in-law who believes that Freddie deserves the death penalty, as do people who let their dogs poo on the green and anyone who watches ITV. Jazza was guilted by Jimmus into doing a half marathon with Alistair. Now we know that there is nothing, simply nothing, that the scriptwriters enjoy more than a competition between two characters. Thus, Mm. this will entail months of scenes of them getting competitive, the bull running a book on who is likely to run fastest or go into cardiac arrest. There will be an accusation of cheating, etc., etc. You know the drill. Brace yourselves because it's going to happen. I don't like being right all the time, you know. Home Farm is officially on the market. So is my house, but I bet Jennifer doesn't have to wipe cat sick up off the rug just before the doorbell rings. She just has to polish the white wine fridge, get the rattle powder out of the swimming pool, and remember where she stowed her husband's mistress's child. If Lily was looking for a father figure, Johnny would have been a better bet than bloody Russ, who sounds like a miserable worm. He hasn't told his wife, Kel Surprise, and had to ring Lily to find out what pudding, sorry, dessert he should bring, which wine and which door to use. The door onto the roof, Russ, said Elizabeth brightly. We call it Daddy's Exit. Straight over the edge, off you pop. (laughs) Susan had fessed up to Clary about the great llama robbery, and in turn Clary took the bullet for her, disturbing Lindy Bottom, who was having a quiet five minutes in the shepherd's hut, if you know what I mean. Robert thinks those noises are literally (laughs) appreciation. Anyway, she (laughs) pretended to kill a mockingbird, which Susan had heard of. A tequila mockingbird is what they serve at the Beer Ritz-A-Go-Go in Felpersham just after the chicken factory kicks out. 
We had an interesting insight into Tom's Friday nights, eating mutton and drinking IPA out of a bottle, the peasant. Lager out of a bottle, IPA out of a glass. Although I'm still convinced that Hannah is of the Toxfig sisterhood, part of me is hoping she does get together with Tom because that way they've spared two other people. And Elizabeth has lost her license to sell her god-awful wine at Lower Loxley, or anyone else's for that matter. Oliver gave her a sterling ha-ha commendation, reminding everyone that she had been Borchester Bonk of the Year, but to no avail. They said no, <laughs> until she considerably lowered her prices on MDMA and stopped cutting her coke with self-raising flour. The end. <laughs> well done, Freeman. I, I, I was going to say it was so much better than last week, but... I haven't, I, you know what, it's, it's very different when you listen to Dum De Dum as a punter. You just get it on your podcast feed and go, oh, I'll give that a listen. See what, see what they're talking about this week. It's very different to listen to it that way than when you're actually a co-host. Right. Better just or saying. worse? No, it's, it's, it's just different. It's yeah. just different. You know, it's part of a kind of cohesive whole and you listen to it as the podcast. But now I'm like, you know, part of the podcasting team again. And my seat is still very warm from Robert's bottom. I can, I'll just have you know. Right. <laughs> it, you know, I, I, I feel like I need to respond to things. And I was so caught up with giggling that I've forgotten about specific things that you actually said, other than it was obviously a triumph. So well done, Freeman. <laughs> I, I like your drugs references. Very knowing, Lucy. Very That's knowing. Yeah, like I know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> did you did you get all the inside scoop on all that from all of your um your uh, gangster friends that you do you walkie talkie walks with? Um, no, because he just did. Well, actually, he does. He he did quite a lot, but he was ad- uh, addicted to crack for a long time. Oh wow! So um, that's slightly too serious, and you can't really make jokes about that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, crack addiction. <laughs> Although that didn't stop me, obviously, when it was Ed. But that was because Ed was addicted to it for about half an hour on a Wednesday afternoon. Mm. Well, it was maybe about four months, but yeah, I get you. I get you, Drifter. All right, so uh, can we just agree on one thing? Yes, Elizabeth is not going to win mother of the year anytime soon is she she's proper crap but just oh she just she's so focused on freddie yeah yeah it's i think i don't know i think she is reflecting a lot of that perfectionism that you see in mothers hmm but she is she is genuinely desperately trying to be both parents and really perfect, and as a result, she's doing nothing well. She's mm. doing it. She is doing everything, but she's doing everything a bit badly. Nothing well, and Luce, so Luce, it's well. not a bit badly. Yeah, every, she's doing everything terribly. Yeah. Let, yeah. Let's call it as it is. She's trying. I would say she's trying to be more friend than actually parent. Yeah. Yeah, you know she needs to really take the boy by the scruff of his neck. There yeah. might be some mitigating circumstances, the reason why he's ended up doing this, but like you know, there might be right. Yeah. But we would view it all very differently if he was some working class kid yeah. who was caught doing this. Completely, not said that. Thing. If they said if he was some scrote that was selling um, uh, Freddie drugs. 
then, you mm. know, she'd be banging on about the death penalty, wouldn't she? Well, I wouldn't quite go that far, but yeah, but yes, I, I get your point. I get your point. And basically, though I quite like, you know, I quite like the character of Freddy. I, at least I don't dislike him anyway. I'm, I'm actually kind of neutral, to, to be fair. Right. But I do think this is the whole wider implications of this are very interesting. And having, um, you know, the local policeman arrest somebody in the village and the interpersonal dynamics, even just that creates and stuff. So there's all of that. Then there is the character of Freddy and why has he gone down this route? Mm-hmm. I was going to say route. My God, I've only been in the country for like three days. I nearly said route. Anyway, gone down this route. But in terms of parenting, and I don't, I, I can't understand. You, you week, months ago, laid down a very good description as to why Lily is the way that she is, you know, the whole kind of father figure thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't think, are we, are we really led to believe that the loss of Nigel is a major contributing factor as the reason why Freddie has gone down this path? Because I don't see the two things actually that linked. I just think he's just a bit feckless and he's a bit of a risk taker. But he's Nigel a risk taker was, Nigel in was a in, way. Yeah. But he's a risk taker in the way that his father was not that his father resorted to dealing drugs. No, but you know he Nigel was always had always, Nigel always had hair brain schemes, didn't he? He did. Yeah. Whether he's Mister Whippy or yeah. you know some yeah. crazy fun run or whatever, yeah. and this is you know this is another manifestation of that. And I could see Nigel still being around and Freddie still doing this anyway, and uh, you know because. His father had. Sure. I, I think the, I think, I don't think Elizabeth turned to Lily as her co-adult figure in the way mm. that she would have done with Nigel. I think she didn't turn to Lily because, um, it's you. It's you can't tell which came first. Did she turn to Lily as her co? Um, her co-partner, her co-parent, because mm. Freddie was a feckless idiot, or is Fe- Freddie a feckless idiot because Lily is so competent and so mature that there just isn't a role for him? He's not. not he's not a replacement for Nigel. He is inadequate. He is um, unreliable. He didn't. He does have a thread of snobbery running through him that Nigel didn't have. Um, he, you know, he's not the man his father was. And I think as a young boy, when your dad is seen as, you know, a, a really, really brilliant bloke, which for a lot of people in Ambridge thought he was, there aren't many people that didn't like him. Um, then the responsibility of that weighs very heavy. And I think he, I think Freddie has felt inadequate all his life and having um, Lily as a sister certainly hasn't helped. But surely his inadequacy is because of Lily. Lily is super, super socially competent. <laughs> she is academically intelligent. And that, for me, is the reason why Elizabeth leans on her, because mm. Lily, in effect, has never been a problem. But I think She's families never been a, a problem. I think families are a balancing act. And if you have one person in the family that is ultra-reliable, it gives the rest of the family leeway not to be. 
It's not that mm. they're they're not. It's that they're that sort of that role's been done. Everybody needs their role in the family that's different from everybody else's. And it's it's a balance. And if if Lily is the sensible one, Freddie doesn't need to be the sensible one. Freddie needs to be the Nigel one, the fun one, which he was. That's what Russ said. You know, oh, everybody loves Freddie, blah, blah, blah. But it, mm. that happened for Nigel in a very innocent way um, because uh, he had an incredibly strong woman in his, in his mother. His father was around for more of his life than... Um, uh then um Nigel was in Freddie's life uh and it, it also he kind of did, he followed the proper route where not the proper route but he followed a very formulaic route Nigel did whereas Freddie's at the local comprehensive he feels like a fish out of water he's struggling he doesn't fit in there either he doesn't fit in at home because he's not his dad um he's not that there's a little streak of selfishness in in Freddie that there wasn't in in Nigel, and I think Freddie's aware of that. I think he's just all at sea completely. He hasn't found what he's good at. He's not a charmer I, in the way that Nigel was. I think they put your finger on it. He's all at sea. He hasn't found what he's good at. And that was the reason why we've had this DJ thing recently, isn't it? To say that he is actually good at something Mm -hmm. and people appreciate his skills in that regard. This is the only thing. Whereas his sister has been helping their mother take bookings, sort out clients, etc. She's that far ahead of him. But if you think about when Nigel was was growing up and in Mm -hmm. in those days... It was very, uh, you know, it doesn't matter. It, you know, the youngest son, you know, you in those sort of families, you had, um, the, I apologize to all people of a religious bent that are listening to this, but the eldest one took over the farm um, and the there was the heir and a spare. And then you have um, the thick one that was usually sent to become a vicar. Um, so <laughs> it, everybody had a, a thing to follow and it did, you didn't have to be bright to run a farm, to run a house like Lower Loxley. You just had to be good at giving out orders. Um, but that was in the old days. That was when it was just, you know, you could use the land, you could make money from the land and all that stuff. This is a, this is a proper, proper business now. And Nigel probably wouldn't have been very good at running Lower Loxley as Elizabeth is now. Well, he wasn't, um, was he? No. He was a piddled, piddled around in the background growing trees and all the rest of it. Yeah. And, you know, he had a much easier time of it than Freddie is doing because Freddie, it, it's not enough now that Freddie can be the jovial hooray. He's actually got to be a bit of a businessman to run Lower Loxley and to know that you've got to inherit that massive, you know, pile that's just an absolute money pit and you've got to make it work because that's your destiny. It's terrible. It's a terrible thing to do to a child. Well, there's much worse things. Oh God! Yes, child. yes, yes, yes. Like you know. Oh poor have... me! I'm just going to inherit my 48 bedroom house. But yes, exactly. Of course, there are worse things. But I mean, it's putting like any not have enough money for the electricity yeah. meter and the, the lights mean, are off all evening. Um, inflicting a future on a child that they haven't asked for and never want, never particularly wanted. Whatever that is, I think. Well, I don't know about Freddie not actually wanting it because, and again, I really do chime with something that you said before, but Freddie does have 
a certain level of entitlement, you know, all oh, these yeah. kind of gapier stuff yeah. and whatever. So yeah. I don't know about him going, oh, you've fostered, you know, foisted this big house on me, mum. How dare you? How dare dad? Right. I think he's quite up for it, really. Yeah. You know, and that's part of the reason why he's not that attached to to reality, which yeah. goes to make some kind of sense is the reason why he could kind of take this risk. Because as uh, Johnny said, it's not as if you're broke, Freddie. You don't no. need the money. You, no. there, you know, on the face of it, there is no reason for him to be drug dealing mm. other than to try and ingratiate mm. himself in with yeah. a bunch of wrongs or something. Yeah. yeah. But anyway. Oh, and I did think that the shoot. Sorry to 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 veer yeah, off yeah. topic, but I did think veer that the Shula Shula the Shula the Susan Clary Lama story was absolutely ridiculous. Clary would not let. Clary just wouldn't let Susan do that. It wouldn't even occur to her to offer to do it. The whole thing was stupid. That llama story, it was like they kind of walked into it and the door swung shut behind them and they thought, shit, how are we going to get out of this? So that was kind of the way they did it. It was, yeah, just daft. But anyway, hopefully that would be the end of the the sodding thing. Well, I hope so too. But the episode where they were saying where they kind of acknowledged what they meant to each other was actually quite touching. Forget yes, the whole there is other nonsense. Ways. But they'd already done all that when, you know, when Susan did the lovely rotor and Clary said, I don't know what you mean to me, Susan, having friends like you. Da, da, da. Anyway, we've already been moved. We've already got it. They're friends, you know. Who needs sandwiches just... with you on mm. the show, eh? Oh, yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> you are very good, Freeman. No, You're very I good. really, really not. You are. <laughs> um, you are. Uh, yes. Yeah, so anyway, enough of the llamas. Hopefully that. Okay. You know what I want enough of as well? Jazza being this badly dressed buffoon. All right. Mm. You know, clown. Sorry. Like, I want him to have a proper girlfriend that he has proper feelings for and things. Apart from, you know what? I, I want that too. I want that too. But this just line in, you know, he was wearing this badly fitted tartan suit and then he's turning and up he's with shorts. shorts. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, oh, come on now. Yeah. Right. It, it's not even halfway funny yeah. or endearing or no. qu- kind of quirky. It's just bloody annoying. Yeah. yeah. It's just absolutely annoying. And I don't quite get it. If he's such a ladies' man, he yeah. would have a little bit more of an idea yeah. sartorially of yeah. his own sense of being. The two things yeah. just don't don't compute. No. You can't just, no. just throw anything on, but I'm killer with yeah. the ladies. I'm sorry. Yeah. Even if, you know, you dress like a bit of a burk, right? Yeah. You're gonna think, but but I'm killing it. I am killing it, yeah. and whatever. And this is this helps me to get the ladies. It's just a pile of hogwash, and these they're, just get rid. They're of in it. danger of turning him to, into the caricature that Eddie used to be. The pre what? pre um the the pre Meadow Rise days when mm. the Grundys, you know, he was like a lovable rogue who just got into trouble all the time, but still managed somehow to sort of. Um, you know, was was charming to to, lo- to lose his farm. Yeah, well, yeah, but and, and then that happened, and then all of a sudden it be- all became very serious, and they all became a lot more three dimensional. Again, I think you've kind of put in your put your finger on it here that the character of Jazza, and there was that listener last week that says, "I don't like him. Me and my husband don't like him." <laughs> <You know? laughs> I'm going to exit stage left quickly before I get pelted with, with rotten fruit because I know everybody loves him. The character of Jazza has been one note two-dimensional. Yeah. Full stop. And this is just adding to it. Yeah. 
you know, I appreciate that he's going on this run with Alistair and you'll see that he does have this side of compassion and we've been, we've been getting a lot of Jazza recently and there was the fact that he picked out the, the nice yeah. dress for, yeah. for Fallon. Mm-hmm. But everything else is just mm-hmm. like, yeah. come on now. Yeah. Come on now. Yeah. Let, let the actor get his teeth into something proper. Exactly. And the fact, although Jazza says it in a rude way, he's got good insight. He can predict what other characters are going to do. He's often the one that says, oh, she'll more like that to whatever it is about Linda or something. Oh, uh, yeah, we need Harriet back. That wasn't good. Yeah, I know, no, that was shit, yeah. But um, it, he he's clearly got a lot of empathy and insight, which... I don't know about a lot of empathy. He he can have empathy thrust on him. Um, But he's perceptive about other people. Hmm. And you can only do, it's quite rare to be that perceptive about other people and thick as a plank about yourself. And and all this nonsense about her. (laughs) I'm proof positive that that is actually very, you know, that's very plausible there, uh, Freeman. But I do like the fact that we've got more Jazza. So we need yes. to applaud them for that. But yeah. let's flesh him out properly. Yes. Let that's him have a all we're saying. Line that's light and shade yeah. rather than him being the, you know, whoops, there go the my... foil for some, something else. Yeah. 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 Which is, yeah. oh, Jazza's shorts, oh, Jazza's suit. Yeah, it's like, come I'll tell on, you what man. I really enjoyed this week. No sodding Aldridge's. That was great. Apart from Jennifer. What? But that was all right. It was only a little well, bit. Well, we had some Aldridge's then, didn't we? Jennifer was on. Yes. Well, yeah, but only for like 10 minutes at the start. I, could, I, no, I, I, um, I won't have that. I, I like it when the Aldridge's are on. I like it, Lucy. I think that... Oh, and I said it. Aldridge'd out. I just don't want to listen to them arguing no, anymore. No, no, no. There's enough of them and there's enough difference between the main protagonists that you just go, yeah... I like it when Brian interacts with um, his errant hippie older daughter. Yeah. I like Alice the drunk with Adam. Yeah. yeah well, okay. Well, the <laughs> character of Adam. But, <laughs> Adam. You know, yeah, but, but Jennifer and Adam is another thing. When Debbie occasionally, you know, flits in and whatever. No, yeah. no, 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 no. The, it's, I think, was the most complex, well-written family on the whole thing mm. you know there they, there's shade there's nuance you know you real get you know alice and brian are great the fact that she's like sticking up for a dad she's daddy's girl and whatever no 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 give me all i you know what you can scratch the word artist from this show and call it the aldridges and i'd sign up and listen to and download that podcast <laughs> and fucking nauseam Give me the Aldridge's all day long. You just like Brian mic'd up and you could just listen to him all day pottering mm. around going, oh, Adam, oh, oh, oh. oh uh, we've had a plot prediction from Welsh Witch Ooh, about the Aldridge's. Okay, right, yeah, let's go. He said, as mentioned on Dumpty Dum, rumours abound as to whether Judy Bennett and Charles Colling- Collingwood, this is uh, Shula and Brian, who are a couple mm-hmm. in real life, are retiring. Brian would be easy to write out. The stress and strains of the home farm problems could easily result in a fatal heart attack. But Shula, I would imagine, would be harder. So I'm wondering, this is a big reach here, I'm wondering if the current storyline of Alistair running in the half marathon will result in Alistair's death. 
Unfortunately, deaths of runners during races are not uncommon. I doubt Alistair has had the foresight to change his will in anticipation of his divorce, so it's not inconceivable to guess Shula would be the main beneficiary. I've no doubt this would have ramifications, especially for relationships between her and Jimus, and that leaving her the village for her horse sanctuary to initially on a temporary basis, which turns out to be permanent, would follow. I do have a vivid imagination, she says, so I'm guessing this won't happen, lol. <laughs> um, she Could Shula get through two husbands that quickly? <laughs> she killed I suppose it's not that quickly, is it? 20 years or whatever. Mm, no. Uh, so that that's a that's a respectable time between deaths, isn't it? Really, <laughs> it's not indecent twenty years. <laughs> By the way, talking about harassment, very quickly. Mm. Harassment's been the village bobby for what about four years? Is it that long? It's something like that. See, ever since we've been doing dum de dum, harassment's been on it, and he wasn't. That new onto it when we he was pretty new onto it when we started. Yeah, yeah. So I'm guessing it's about five years tops. Yeah, he's arrested how many people in that time? <laughs> Fallon's dad and Freddie. Yes. What about well, those people like- that went off with 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 the with the, uh, with the cows that time? What about yeah. then? Yeah. There's the arson attack. Yeah. When there's yeah. real. Yeah. Thievery, thuggery. Well, you can't even find the sodding hunting, all the church money. You I, I'm not, <laughs> you know, I'm, I, didn't, I, didn't want, I didn't want to bring up the bunting, but Sorry. Jesus, it can all it can do is arrest other characters. <laughs> he doesn't know <laughs> anyone else, he can't. He's not <laughs> <a> <laughs> so I'll give him credit for. His powers of deduction to figure out that it was actually Susan. Yeah. But, um, yeah. You know, took the llama. I'll so give him that. So Freddie is is Mrs. His dad, his father-in-law, and a llama borrower. <laughs> 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 she wasn't even a llama stealer. She, <laughs> she left it about two yards away from where it started, for crying out loud. Oh, it's ridiculous. Can I, can I do the llama limerick now? Yeah, go this on. Is from Claire Hobbs. Uh, I thought you might enjoy the limerick my father in law John made up, having resisted for years. He's now an archer's listener. Well done, Claire, for battering him into submission. When Susan took Linda's llama, she had no intention to harm her. Being so drunk that night, knew this wasn't right. She'd no intent to alarm her. Yay! Well done. Well done. <laughs> uh, Luce, uh, yep. shall we um, have one of our calls now? Yeah. All right, because I, I'm I'm all spent talking to you about the archers. I think we need to introduce another element, which is a, a caller in error. Hello, Ambridge three nine six two. Okay, so first off, top of the shop is Bernie Maguire. Uh, this is Bernie Mag, Joint Secretary with Sheila Maguire of Dumpty Siblings, <laughs> one new member, hooray, calling from Murderhead. Our new member is Rachel, Titian73. Oh. And the big news is that we'll be hosting a Madrid Dumpty Dum meetup on Thursday, the 20th of September at 8pm. The venue is Casa Puebla Olavide, which you can find in Plaza de Olavide, number 8. 
It's an outdoor place and really pleasant, so don't be shy if you're in the area. Robert, we're really looking forward to seeing you there. It's only two hours from London to Madrid. We'll be posting details on social what? media and on the DTD. He said he's going. The Dumpty Dum Forum as well, so watch this space. Lots going on in Ambridge this week. Horrible Hannah, Nasty Natasha, Creepy Russ. But wasn't it lovely to hear Clary and Susan falling about laughing at Linda? I'd l- I, no. I, I have a plot prediction this week, but I've been thinking about the whole issue of plot predicting, as I'm sure Henry's bad behaviour is a heads up for something sinister going on to do with Rob. If yep. this were real life, i.e. not the archers, Henry's behaviour would be perceived as normal. But because it keeps being flagged up, it makes you think it's possibly more significant than perhaps it actually is. The script writers must have great fun leading us up the garden path all the time, mustn't they? Mm-hmm. Who knows? I guess we'll soon find out about Henry. Anyway, looking forward to seeing you in Madrid. Bye-bye. Bye. Ooh. I want to go to Madrid. I, I love Madrid. I've only ever been once. Have we got enough in the... In the um... In the, in the fun, kitty. Dumpty Dum Funs. Well, if you fly EasyJet, I think we might just stretch to it. Oh, really? I don't know how you're going to get back, but I, on, I, I think we can it. get you there. On a sec. No, there's <laughs> two washers and a button in there. Rubbish! Have you, you ever been to Madrid? No. Oh, beautiful, beautiful city. Um it's how I imagined, because I went to Lisbon last year, it's actually how I imagined Lisbon actually to be. But Madrid's so bustling, uh, amazing architecture. It's really kind of like densely kind of packed city core and lots of men holding hands. That's oh. what, what, I, what I remember. Yeah. And I remarked to my uh, to my friend Dominic, um, English Caribbean guy. No. and i says crumbs you know this is a a rather liberal place because you go with your english protestant sensibilities and just thinking that it's catholic you know it's going to be not as enlightened and he went first country in europe to legalize uh same-sex marriage was actually spain yes and you can really see it in madrid now it took my breath away too i was like i beg your pardon he went "Mm mm-hmm Super liberal place, beautiful. The Prado, what uh, a museum! I just, I just loved everything about Madrid. Lots of little, little streets and um, with cafes and restaurants and and stuff. Uh, loved it, loved it, loved it, loved it. Whereas when I went to um, you go to Lisbon, and that has much more of a slightly kind of crumbled, tumble down. And I know Lisbon isn't on Mediterranean, but Mediterranean type of feel. Uh-huh. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. You know, whereas no Madrid is like no, no, no. It was kind of thrusting and, and incredibly first world, but it was beautiful. I, lo- I, I would love to be able to go to Madrid a couple of times a year. Beautiful place, wonderful food, lovely people. So there you go, everyone. Go to Madrid. But so that's going to be our first Dumpty Dum on behalf of on continental Europe. Dumpty Dum meetup. I mean, yes. How exciting! So no. who's going then? Robert's going. Titian. <clears throat> And the, um, the two Maguire sisters. Yeah, yep, I think so. And um, well, I don't know if Robert's going. He said he wanted to go. Ah, uh, okay, right. He might though. I think he said he was going to Paris, but I don't know what he's going to Paris for. Romance. Maybe he'll switch to Madrid. Who knows? Why are we mm. discussing Robert's travel itinerary? 
Neither of us. I don't know. Uh, Anyway, get back to your actual call, Bernie. That is a very, very good comment that I had not thought of. Yes, you're quite right. That is just the revolting way the seven-year-old behaves at the end of the summer holidays when they want to kill oh, absolutely. you and you want to kill them. And you're, yeah, you're absolutely right. It's, it's because it's Henry, we're all looking for the for the hidden titchy knob to spring out, aren't we? No, a- absolutely. And the whole, uh, you know, running Tom ragged thing and wanting to play computer games, you know, it, that's just a seven-year-old. Yeah, that's just yeah. what they. That's what they're like. Loads of energy, and and actually, him saying, "You know what, mom? You're really boring." Yeah, uh, and she does. Henry, treat, she does treat him like a baby, but it's probably oh, absolutely. All you can say is, and yes, Wob. If he said, if he, if he actually, slightly <laughs> older, but anyway. But you know, if you're going to have a mother at the age of seven who is going to uh said you know absolutely no time on on a computer none whatsoever Mm -hmm. not just ration it which is i think is healthy right but you know you're going to turn around and say to your mother you are really boring yeah that's what you're kind of going to get you know yeah you know what's he playing with like a a wooden bloody train set or something or another abacus isn't she there you go Mm. You know, though I keep saying this all the time, I care not a fucking jot for cheese or anything to do with Helen Archer. And she's a consummate actor, Lucy, but too much. Yeah. Just sideline her, please, I for three years. I am Helen intolerant. <laughs> me, oh, me too. It's just like, oh, God. Right. Because I actually think... Uh, at the core of this, wherever this Henry thing is going, I actually think it's quite interesting and it's very accurate and very true to life. The whole middle class angst about technology and kids yeah, is incredibly yeah. prescient and it's, you know, it's real. However, do it with another bloody character, please. Not with Helen Archer again. Mm. I, I just like, you know, and this is nothing against the actor who is great. Yeah. There's too much of her. Yeah. The, it, we talked about the Aldridges before and the fact that, you can pick any one of those Aldridges and there's a really compelling dynamic. <laughs> there isn't with Helen, you know? No, not with Helen and Tom. Are boring. Mm. Yeah, they are. You know, Tony, Tony and Tom, there's something going on, mm-hmm. right? Pat and Helen, there's something going on. Remember the whole mm. thing around the bag lady and stuff? Yeah. That, that yeah. was actually interesting. Yeah. But Tom and Helen, oh, God, no. Yeah. Yeah, the whole thing about uh, when um, Natasha came and said that it was uh, a, fa- um, a, farm, a, hobby a hobby farm, and then it was a case of, but we always do our uh, spreadsheets, and I forget exactly what was said, but the but the the um, market analysis, you know, we always well we always do our market analysis, you know, it's not like that mm-hmm. at all, and you just went, yeah. Give me the Aldridges all day long. Not yeah. that scion of the bloody archers, especially yeah. at Helen Archer. Please just sideline her. Please. Kerry, if you're listening. <laughs> Bump her off. Right. Uh, I think we have another call, Luce. Okay. All right. Hello, Dumpty Dumpty Spirit calling. Well, I'm actually calling on Friday morning, so I haven't heard the Guess Who's Coming to Dinner episode yet, although I'm guessing that it's probably going to kick off big time tonight quite happy to give way to everyone else on this topic but suffice to say the moral outrage at Blythespirit HQ this week has been cranked up to not 11 but probably about 50 in regards to Lizzie 
Now, she's already shown that she's perfectly willing to pervert the course of justice as far as Freddie's concerned and cover up pretty much everything that's been going on. And now she has no compunction in keeping the whole Lily Russ thing secret as well. Again, she's probably clutching at as many straws as she possibly can. But for goodness sake, the man is a sexual predator operating in an educational environment. (laughs) Doesn't she have a moral duty to report Mm. him, even though he's involved with her daughter? I say she probably does. Anyway, I will leave that with you. The main reason I'm calling, though, infinitely more serious issue, the Borsetshire bland. My God, the cheese has gone off. Mass panic. I think that this is down to Henry. Now, stay with me on this. You know, this is a good theory. Henry is the spawn of Satan. And we know (laughs) that anything to do with Rob Titchener or his offspring is enough to turn any dairy product sour. So (laughs) I think that's the problem. It's not all of the problem at Bridge Bridge Farm Mind. They've got a lot of problems. But I think it's probably the main reason their cheese has gone off. Anyway, I will leave that with you as well. I hope everyone is well out there in Dumpty Dumland and looking forward to tonight and the radio explosion. <laughs> Hopefully speak to you again soon. Cheers now. Bye. Bye. Luce, we yeah. haven't got round to this, right? We haven't talked about Russ at all. Mm. All right. So your daughter is what, 17? Mine? 15. No. no. I'm oh. just... Put yourself in the position okay. of Elizabeth Pardicher. She's 18, Lily. Okay. All right. Lily's 18. So she's legal, isn't it? Well, it's not ethical, though, isn't it? Right. No, and... but if Elizabeth knows, and I have sympathy with her here, that if mm. she makes a massive fuss, she will dry. She, the last thing you want to do is turn them into Romeo and Juliet because then you are stuffed. Because then her I have her a massive dollop of sympathy for that but that's viewed from thirty thousand feet up you're in the middle of this and your daughter just says yeah yeah i'm sleeping with a deputy head when you go what the hell right before your brain kicks in right you're you know your neanderthal (laughs) kind of like you've got the secateurs in your hand and you're (laughs) looking for him exactly exactly and there was none of that and i get I get that Elizabeth has got has got form with with older men when she was younger, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But that doesn't stop that initial "what the hell" yeah. and you just hit the roof and whatever, yeah. and then yeah. you calm yourself down, right? Yeah. But I mean, and Lily I, did do it in a sneaky. She kind of gave her little bits, so she got her used to the idea that she was seeing somebody. That she and that she was reluctant to tell her mother who it was. So her mother then worried that oh, isn't she telling me who it is? Is she worried? Is she does she worry that I'm going to be lonely? Blah 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 blah. So she, her mother was sort of already on slightly on edge about it, and then she said, "Oh, it's Meredith," and she said, "Oh, so you're lesbian?" Oh, yes. Um, and then it was actually I'm going to start staying away from home for a bit longer. Oh, that's fine, darling. Thinking it's Meredith, um, and doesn't want to make a fuss again because then she looks homophobic. And then she says, um, "Okay, so um, actually, have you met Russ?" Elizabeth says, "Oh yes, I've met Russ. Isn't he lovely?" And um, so then she sort of warmed up to him. And then she says, "Actually, Mum, he's great." And she, and then Elizabeth thinks that he's left his missus 
And then the final thing is she finds out that they're actually still together. And then the final, final thing is I'm going to Manchester with her. So it's not like it all came as a massive, right, this is a situation. I'm shagging this bloke. We, he's 140. We're going to Manchester together <laughs> and you can't stop me. No, 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 no. It wasn't like that. It was kind of a drip feed and it was relying, because Lily's very, very clever, it was relying on Elizabeth's need to get her anxiety and her need to get it right again so that by the time the actual final revelation came she didn't really have a she couldn't then stop it she'd sort of backed herself into a corner a bit i think mm, i think this is more opportunistic of lizzie than uh, than you're making out you know because wasn't lily kind of somewhat surprised that her mom had gone into the school and had met russ a bit like oh yes so you, you met yes. russ type of thing yeah. and then she decided well mm, let's kind of like kind of go for it and you've got to say 10 out of 10 for the script writers for for you know weaving us down that path as to how elizabeth ends up at russ's door yeah you know going to neil neil going you know what i don't know your son you know, jog on, right? Uh, <laughs> Oliver oh, goes. Lovely no. Neil would ever say jog on. He'd just well, go. He'd be. Well, you know what? We don't need Harriet at all, dear. You've done an excellent Neil there as well. <laughs> <laughs> Harriet B forty five is in the post, love. <laughs> Don't darken our door again. We've got Freeman on the case with the impressions. As long as, long as it's not it. anyone Scottish. <laughs> <laughs> and then, you know, there's uh, Oliver going, well, I don't really know him either type of thing, yeah. but go to but school. I quite fancy you know, him, I, so I will have a bash at it anyway. Yes. <laughs> but I, it was it, it, very well played, very well played, because it was logical for her to go... Uh, end up where where she ended up, and it just provided this you know the the great you know slightly uncomfortable scene. In as far as Russ was concerned, then he could like, oh, I'm gonna write this wonderful letter for Freddie, blah 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 blah. Yeah. But still, I come back to my to uh, my salient point, which is I don't believe Elizabeth's emotional reaction. I know she had that fallout with Shula. She did like, oh my god, she's gonna ruin her yeah. life and whatever, blah blah. But she would have torn a strip off the girl, whether yeah. it was deserved or not. Yeah, she would have gone, oh my god. Yeah, right, because he. Oh, oh no, oh no, you're not young lady. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. And then the next day, deal with the fallout and say, "Lily, yeah. I'm so sorry." And you are, yeah. you are a young woman in your own right, yeah. and you can make your own choices. But are you sure? Are you careful? <laughs> blah blah blah. You know, it just wasn't very humanly played, and that's another reason why I just think she's a terrible mother. She mm. is badder than bad. I just think she's absolutely dreadful. Well, even Kate right. went round and threatened to thump Freddie. No, exactly, <laughs> exactly. And and you know what? And that is such a good point, Lucy, because that shows you, right, yeah, what how poor Kate's. Sorry, not Kate. Sorry, uh, Elizabeth's Lizzie. emotional uh, yeah. parenting actually is because yeah. the the village's most feckless parent had the response that any parent would have, yeah. rightly or wrongly, march what? round there. Yeah. You know, he nearly killed my daughter. Yeah. 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 Hmm. <laughs> anyway, Elizabeth. Ooh. <laughs> 
<laughs> right, where are we? Uh, we've done the calls and we've done the email and we've done the limerick. Now All we right. can do tweets of the week. Oh, do we need to do social media round up? Oh, you know, I'm going to have a cup of Lucy. Camp coffee. Hey, whilst we uh, take five or maybe three, possibly even just two, two minutes to listen to some advertisements. Millions of people have lost weight with personalised plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. And welcome to The Things That Made England. I'm Roy Phil Brown, and with me I have... David Crowther of The History of England. It was the best of time. It was the worst of she was the people's princess. Little fight on the beaches. Oh, hey, man. These are the things that made England. Little fight on the landing ground. These are the things that made I England. I have a body, but of a weak and evil woman. These are the things that made England. And the king of England, too. These are the things that made England. Cry God for Harry! And these are the things that made England. England! And St. George! These are the things that made England. It gives wind in Churchill's sails to say we can continue to fight on. Well, there cannot be many more famous events in English history than 1066. It hurts, <laughs> even now. Because 1066 is important. Yeah. But there's aspects of modern British culture which I think get overlooked. So I'm proposing that this week we do scar. For me, the English flag has in the past certainly become associated with factionism and, well, hideous racist and far-right views. And it's turned into a thing of disunity and almost xenophobia. The idea of this show is to decide on what things that make England as she is. The country that, despite it all, we feel lucky to be part of. Every week, one of us, that is David and I, will pitch an idea to the other to be designated as one of the things that makes England distinctive. Go and join our shiny new Facebook site where once a month we will post a poll where, should you so desire, you can make your own very suggestions for applications to the I Made England Award. So, without more ado, 
let's do it. Now we're back from the break, it's Mr. Yokel Bear. Hello, it's Yokel Bear here with the social media roundup for the week. And this roundup, um, for the first time ever, comes with an advisory warning. Ooh. This roundup will involve discussion around Jazza in short shorts. <laughs> if you feel that you may be upset by this, please switch off now. Anyway, <laughs> on with the social media roundup. Mm-hmm. Um. We started the week talking about um, what I've come to describe as the Lama Drama Ding Dong. Yes, Susan's descent into criminality once more. Um, And I pointed out that I was really enjoying this storyline because it was putting Susan on the back foot and giving her a bit of an existential crisis about her perceived standing in the village. Um, Now, I know not a lot of people really enjoyed this storyline from, you know, the comments that were made, but I really did. I think it was like a nice little return to some um, comedy um, plot lines, which I It was pants, Mr. Bear. Utterly pants. I think you'll find there's some drama llama calm around the corner. (laughs) Whereas Claire Warren, who was with me, basically said, well done, Claire, um, said, I'm loving the Lama storyline and have from the start. Yeah, I didn't so much to start with, but as we really got into it and saw kind of Susan's reactions, I've really kind of got into it. Um, Megan Eliza Stotts um, says that Susan, the advice for Susan should be, keep calm and tell everyone that my husband is Neil the manager. Um, Yes, she does say that a lot, doesn't she? Um, But also as well, this was kind of a bit of a comment, insightful comment of the week came from Mark Catchpole on this issue. He said, Clary and Susan have always seemed like a Shakespearean comedy duo to me. The light between the dark. They chat and knit and gossip and cackle as the heads roll. I think that's really insightful. That's exactly what Clary and Susan are together. Um, And we absolutely love it. Um, But this then went on to Witherspoon. Our very own Witherspoon posted something saying, um, Susan is an awful person because of her dobbing Clary in. And basically everyone (laughs) agreed. Um, Elizabeth Bien said, how could she betray Clary, who has always stood by her? Um, Glim Fuller Love said the cover-up is always worse than the act. This will dwarf Watergate and truly shake Ambridge to its core. <laughs> um, Jane Minefield Brash said, um, no discussion needed. The fact that Susan is a horrible person is a fact. But then we found the next day we were kind of eating our words a little bit. In fact, we put out a bit of a retraction on an update <laughs> because it turns out it was all a joke. It was all planned and Clary was in on it. And I thought this was a brilliant scriptwriter's move. We asked, did anyone figure it out beforehand? And Meg Edgegoose Cubley said, I did. I nearly said so last night, but I thought, no, I'm bound to be wrong. I usually am. Well, Meg, you should have had a bit more faith in yourself because you were absolutely on the money. Um, Terry Woodruff, actually, was a little bit disappointed. She said, that was not the llama drama I tuned in for. I wanted to hear a fear <laughs> fight in the dairy. Um, and Candida Beeching um, said, bugger me. I take back all the swearing I did last <laughs> night. Um, so, yeah, I quite enjoyed that as well. 
We also asked the question this week about does Shula really know what fun is? Because that discussion with Pat about her not really kind of having any fun, though Shula did say, oh, you know, I had a really good time in a sauna once. Yeah, haven't we all? Haven't we all, Shula? <laughs> um, but um, a couple of people mentioned about, do you remember Neil and um, Shula on a blanket? Um, yes, when they were younger. Um, yeah. I think she does. She has had fun in her life, but I think she's kind of lost it now. Um, Colin Miller points out, if you're being lectured by fun, on fun by Pat, you're in a bad way. <laughs> and Martin van der Hoover said, cleaning gravestones in all kinds of weathers is Shula's idea of fun. Um, but yeah, so um, we now get on to the section of the podcast where listener advisory is is um advisory jazza short <laughs> shorts short obscene shorts what did we all think of it well we wanted to check the will of the people so we put a poll on the facebook group where you could click like for one option or click heart for another the options were poll was part of the problem, for, yes please to mm. jazza in shorts or oh no no thank you <laughs> And I have the results here. Drum roll. Brrr. Okay. It was a no by 34 votes to 25. Yeah. The majority have spoken. The will of the people is Jazzerin short shorts. Nah. Though I will say that was quite a good showing for four. And at one point, four was in the lead. And I was just <laughs> sat there with my mouth open going, are you serious? Um, Peter Mabbott pointed out. I worry about Jazza's personal hygiene. But Gene Bell said, hmm, Jazza is fine by me, however he's dressed <laughs> or undressed aging. Um, Steve Gibbs said he should have worn those shorts to the wedding. And Pete <laughs> Ransom, um, in sharing with the group, under the hashtag, I like short shorts, said, I'm famous around these parts for mine, and posted a picture of him in his short shorts. Oh, my God. Pete, all I can say is I'm glad there was a windmill in the back of that, uh, <laughs> background of that photo to distract me. But thanks for sharing. <laughs> um, we also talked a little bit about um, the meeting with Elizabeth and Creepy Russ. Um, Janice Betson said he's not going to leave his wife, who's probably unaware that they're leading separate lives. And when he figures out that Lily isn't the heir, he's going to go away. Laura Jackson reached back into history and said, "This is a repeat of Elizabeth's history with Robin F. She should have um, been. A she should be able to help Lily recover from the inevitable." Um, I think the general mood is there's so many comments and too many to read out. The general view is, and I think this has been the general view all the way along, Ross, uh, Russ, Ross, who's Ross? Russ, wrongen, absolute wrongen. And I'm going to finish now because on our Saturday non-archers post, um, with a spoon asked, has anyone had any awkward encounters with their, their partner or wife or husband's um, parents and what have you and I really do have to read the one out by Dee Dickens who is our very own goddess diva 
She put, <laughs> caught in his bedroom by his stepfather, who'd been to a fancy dress party and was dressed as Andy Pandy. <laughs> you do not want to be naked and being scolded by a grown man dressed as Andy Pandy. <laughs> so, there you go. That is the social media roundup for the week. You have Millie Bell next week, and I will see you soon. Okay, then. Bye. Bye-bye. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just laughing at Andy Pandy. <laughs> Yeah. Hmm. He's not really one for the for the t- for the twenty first century, is he, Andy Pandy? Very very mid twentieth century as a character. Mm. Had his weird. time. Yeah. Had absolutely. his time. Had his time. Talking about old characters, they're coming back. Sooty and Sweep are coming back, aren't they? They are. Yeah. Quite excited about that. I like <laughs> a bit of Sooty and Sweep. Oh. Ah, no, and Sue. Ah, I don't got like the whole... I don't trust anyone that bloody whispers all the time. Uh, yeah, but... Okay, well done. Uh, <laughs> right, Luz, shall we start to wrap this up? Yeah. Or shall we just keep going? Well, I'm quite hungry, so I'd like to wrap it up because I want my tea. All right, then. Let, let, let's do that, then. Uh, right, and my I need to... as uh, <laughs> as uh Right, folks. Um, I, I hate to say this because it's just... But I have to. Um, And I know we have some techies who are part of the listening firmament. But can somebody please send me an email? Um, I need some advice about moving the WDOM website because it went down yet again. And this is happening at least once, if not twice a year. We get um, riddled with malware. Now, I'm thinking we need to move it from our host, Bluehost, uh, because that the only, the only one thing which is the, the common factor in all this is that with the same physical host. Um, if you know more about this stuff than me, we are a WordPress website. Dumdydum.com is a WordPress website. Obviously, there are serious security flaws with it, and it can't keep going down. I'm just beyond like uh getting angry now it's just just ridiculous i spent half of yesterday getting the site back up um being told which bits of the site had the malware on it and and deleting the line of code one by one and it took five hours so please if you know a little bit about website security please drop me an email at royfield at gmail.com because we we need to just sort this out you know there's there's nothing that special about dumdydum.com that Russians, Azerbaijanis or whatever the hell they are, you know, <laughs> um, you know, n- need to get into our back door and whatever to consistently and continue. I'm not having any Azerbaijanis at my back door, can I just say well. <laughs> So yeah, so Royfield at gmail.com. If you know anything about website security, please, please, please email me and uh, tell me what the hell to do because to say i think i'm gonna to have to move it from bluehost.com and uh, sorry if you were trying to get on the site yesterday i know some people were trying to book tickets for the weekend do and the site just wasn't there but it is back up now so They're so that's that so it goes off again <laughs> exactly so dumdydum.com go there when it's up it's got stuff on there like a shop and a forum forums like tumbleweed at the moment uh so we're gonna have to try and sort that out but dumdydum.com go there for your for your dumdydum goodies which you can't find on the book of face now um one of the reasons why i can um 
kind of pay to get people to fix the website and somebody is actually on there now trying to do something is because of the kind support of people that donate to the site via patreon.com or even hitting that PayPal button. So um, if you'd like to support the, the website, uh, sorry, if you'd like to support Dum Dum, uh, you can go on to patreon.com and I believe it is $2 a show uh, that you can contribute and it just helps keep things ticking along. So uh, So go do that. Folks, uh, remember to get in contact. You can send us a message via Speakpipe. Tweets of the week. Oh, shish. Shish kebab. Shish. Right. (laughs) Rewind. Rewind. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, I I rushed on. Thought I should say. I rushed on. I rushed on, but we'll keep this in because this is it shows you how real this is, folks. <laughs> Incompetent right, uh, is another word for it. Yes, anyway, uh, yes. there you go. <laughs> I, you, four weeks of me not doing this, Lucy, and I've forgotten the order of things. All right, Lucy. Hello. Now, now we've had Mr. Yokel Bear Everything, and yes. his uh, social media roundup. Would you like to hit us with some tweets, please? Okay. Uh, at the only way is up. Had Russ saying, "Hello, Elizabeth." This gigantic bouquet, Ferrero Rocher and Asda frozen cheesecake are for you. Thank you, Russ. The condoms are for Lily. Isn't he lovely, Mum? Pie and a pint said, no judge is going to waste public money locking up Freddy. That's the kiss of death from Jill. Pretty boy will be sharing a cell with big Randy Ron by Halloween. (laughs) 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 Stephanie Migo said, I am firmly... Team nobody in the Shula Alistair divorce. I think we're all team nobody. Um, Nikki Edwards said, had Jennifer saying, where is Henry? And Helen saying, about three stages along diagnostic pathway to becoming a psychopath. (laughs) 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 Sorry, I blew that one by laughing. And the, if you ever want the truth to be told in a concise and extremely rude way, Goddess Diva is your woman when she's not being told off by men dressed as Andy Pandy. And she said, I would have smacked Russ round the head with the wine bottle, choked him with the chocolates and made him use his ass as a vase for the fucking flowers. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I think that's, in a more concise way, exactly what Royfield was trying to say earlier on. But yes. Yes. That's exactly what you said, uh, Elizabeth. Just, just before we go on to, yes. uh, to completely wrap up the show. We haven't really talked about Russ, have we? We talked about the reaction to Lily being with Russ. Oh, we just you know, the, what, the reaction that drip, Elizabeth. doesn't he? There's more to him than than a drip, though, isn't there? I don't know. Doesn't sound like it. He just sounds really inadequate. You know, he doesn't know what should I bring, what should I do, what should I wear, what should I, I can't tell her now because she might be cross, and I can't tell her then because she might be cross. Well, and... no, I can't tell her now. To me, just classic kind of I'm having my cake and eat it and I'm just having an affair type behavior. So I'm going to put that to one side. Right. But the whole what should I wear thing? I did think that was that was pretty interesting. He doesn't sound like a Lothario. He he sounds more immature than Lily. Well, that's what I was getting on to say, really. You know, that I don't want. Could this actually be a love match? Could he actually be leaving his missus? No. I no, don't she'll think be so pregnant. Either, but Lily, no, the wife. But haven't we had that with Rob? No, no, no. It will be a replay of 
uh, what happened to uh, Elizabeth with um, Robin Fairbrother. And then they'll bond over the, over the, oh, my God, he did this. And then she'll say, well, it happened to me too, darling. And that's how they'll re-bond, you see? And do you think that's the reason why we've had Fairbrother back in the archer, just to to stir everything up, just to remind everybody? And to remind everyone, Jill can get cross all over again. Goodness. Goodness, goodness. I like that. That's a plot aware, you want to call that in, Lucy. You want to call that in. All my plot predictions are wrong. I have not made a, a right one yet. <laughs> but, but Remember all that that's... time I banged on about that the last words of the Christmas episode will be, Hello, I'll be Christmas, Puscat. I was completely bloody wrong. He never, <laughs> never reappeared. <laughs> So don't you are you are rubbish at predictions. Right. Why are you even on this podcast, you that poor? I don't know. Because right. I keep well, turning up really. <laughs> 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 I just keep pressing the button and then I hear you and go, Hello uh-huh. and then you're too nice to say get lost. <laughs> True that. <laughs> right, now Remember, folks, um, we have uh, the Lucy and I with Kerry Davis and with Emerald and with uh, Charlotte will be at Birmingham Town Hall on the 7th, Sunday, the 7th of October. Um, go uh, just type go to go, go on Google or, or a search engine of your choice. Type in Dum De Dum Live Birmingham and uh, you, you'll be there in a thrice. Get your money out your wallet or your purse buy yourself some tickets and you will have fun it's mandatory you will have fun so go do that now um and then also there is a whole weekend of festivities if you want to uh go up to birmingham maybe spend the night and go and have the canal walk the tour at the bbc studios go and have a meal with 50 odd other archers fans you can go and do all of that by simply going on to dumdydum.com it's on the home page there click on the link buy the elements of the weekend that you want so good you just don't want to tell you again get buying <laughs> now lucy i like this i like this note of threat that's now <laughs> it's gonna be fun they will all enjoy themselves right Right, exactly. And uh, now, folks, remember, this show is just Lucy and I chatting uh, without you. So send us in a voice message via SpeakPipe. We can do that by going on to www.dumdydum.com. We can call it on 02030313105 if the website is down, which is, you know, the way things are, it's highly bloody likely. <laughs> right, again, that number, 02030313105. Get on the phone and you've got no excuse not to leave us a message to get on a forthcoming show. Um, on social media, you can find Lucy and I at Dumpty Dum. Really, it's more kind of yokel bear. He's really behind yeah. that, making cracking all yeah, the jokes and he's stuff. He's funnier than us, so we like to pretend it's us that does it. Oh, yeah. 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 All yeah. right. Shh. You can find Lucy and I at Dummy Dum Dum. <laughs> Without any help from anyone locally. No, no, no. Exactly. No, not at all. Um, on the Twitters, you can find Lucy where she's at. Uh, Lucy V. Freeman. And I can be found at Royfield talking about crap, basically. <laughs> Uh, I died to talk about anything. There's no politics on my feed anymore. It's just like I posted something about. I got a flyer through the letterbox of, of, of my flat um, saying "new house on the market." It was my house, so I took a 
So I took a picture of it? my living room on the flyer in my living room. That's the type of thing I post on social media, folks. It's I tell you, it's all heady stuff. It's it's hard hitting. It's clever. It's punchy. I'm so bad on Twitter. But anyway, uh, some other people who are much better on social media than me are actually Millie Bell and Yokel Bit and With a Spoon, and you can find them. If you go on to uh, Facebook and type in www.com, they run that like a tightly well-oiled ship. Oh, I mixed my metaphors terribly. Anyway, Luce, that's me done. I'm surprised we've actually spun this out for as long as we have, considering we only had two calls. Well done. Oh, us. we can spin anything out. That's true. That's true. Um, right. Any last thoughts, Lucy? Uh, I'm really hungry. Bye-bye. Well done, you. And I'm going to cut out the Harvard thing. Okay. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.